Welcome to Adam's Plus One, where as you know, my plus one is always the star of the show. I'm just here to make sure that we somewhat stay on track. Super pumped about today's podcast. What is up, Braden? How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm uh, happy to be here. I mean, it's from the beginning, when you before you even started this, it's been a little <laughs> bit of a journey. So, Well, welcome in. Thank you for... Thank you for your donation to the YMCA. We really appreciate that. We also want to thank you for being flexible on your schedule. Eastern, Central Time can get confusing. You're in Indiana, and I totally blanked. I should know that because I met you in Indiana. That is true. Not me. It's not me. When you texted me and said, I'm taking the dog for a walk, and then I'll be ready, I was like, what the heck? He's running early, dude. (laughs) (laughs) This guy is ready. You know, I just, for the last hour, I just sat here at the computer, ready to go. <laughs> Braden, why don't you give everybody, any listeners, kind of a brief overview, background of who you are? Okay. Um, I'm Braden Michael. I am from originally up north, um, a small town called Wakarusa. It's by South Bend. Um, I went to school at Anderson University. And then I live down, I live over in Indy now. Um, I work in a company called Westshore Home. Do some we do shower and bathroom models and yeah, live by myself, have my dog. Kind of what is your dog's name, there. dude? What's your dog's name? It's Zypher by Calm Zy. How old is he? He's eight months. He is the, he is the pinnacle of life right now. He's a big focus in your life. I can tell. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And he hates when I leave. So I like tonight I came home to poop in the apartment. Oh wow. Do you, <laughs> do you, does he go to like doggy daycare once a week or anything like that? When I have like a very busy day, because I can be gone sometimes from like 8 a.m. to like 10, um, I'll take him then. But like today I had one appointment and so I left him home. And but I mean, I'll leave him home for an hour and he'll do it just out of spite. Yeah. God damn it, dad. What do you think this is? Going to work <laughs> so you can pay all the bills and buy my dog food and leave me here alone. <laughs> I think it's appropriate that we, we kicked this thing, whole thing off with how we met. Okay. So anyway, everyone listening, I was on my way to see Dermot Kennedy. I'm a huge fan, big time fan. I was, it was a, it was an amazing time. I, we got to stand front row and not only did I get to see Dermot Kennedy perform, blah, 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 meet him, all that great stuff. But I also met Braden that night. He stood front row as well. I have great memories of, of our, our first interactions Actually, on the way back, I kept telling Maggie, man, I'm so happy that we stood next to that guy. That guy was so cool. Like, you never know who you're going to be at the concert. Here you are almost a year later on my podcast. That's pretty awesome. But take me through kind of what, what you remember from the night, our interactions, and then also just kind of the night as a whole. Yeah. So uh, I've been a huge fan ever since Without Fear came out. Um, I was a freshman in college. I just remember I listened to it on loop. And so since then, I have tried to get all my friends into him. Um, I'll play him in cars and people will be like, oh, who is this? But I haven't like, they'll like ask about it, but I've never had someone like really keep like listening to him. And so when tickets came out, I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy tickets. So I'll find someone else when the time comes, like one of my buddies to go with. Well, flash forward, I started working a full-time job, <laughs> lost all track of time. The weekend comes up and it's, I, you know, it's just me. And I was like, you know what? I'll go to the concert by myself. Nothing weird about that. Um, I just bought a normal ticket because at the time I was like, do I buy a VIP or not? And so weekday gets there. I'm in line and just talking to people. And these girls come back down the line asking if anyone wants a VIP quick insert ticket. They have one available. And I'm like, 
I mean, it's just one who's there by themselves, says so me. So I bought it off them. Um, turns out they are, it's a group of girls that their name is, they have their own group name. Um, is it the, it's the Dermot Darlings, if I'm correct? The Dermot Darlings, remember them? <laughs> <laughs> so I came in with them and I just remember they were all like as a group, I'm just kind of standing there awkwardly and the doors open. I just kind of slipped my way to the begin the front and I just kind of held onto the railing because everyone started rushing in. I turned around and there was Adam and his sister. And I was like, Hey, <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. When we got, we met you, I just assumed that you also met Dermot, right? Because <laughs> if you were VIP, you got to meet him and you were like, no nah, man. And I came here by myself. <laughs> It was it was actually amazing if you think about it, right? And we got I thought we had, we stood in a in an awesome spot. Yeah. What was your favorite song that he performed? Like, what song sticks out the most? Looking back on that. Well, one of my favorites of his all time is "Moments Past." So, when he played that one, I was like, I could tell from the intro, I was like, oh. Um, but there's a lot of his older stuff I never really got into too much until after that concert. So I'd have to say um, the for Islands and Family um that one just i know you were getting hype about that one um i remember you just going crazy and i'm just like and i start listening to it and i'm like and now it's it's in a current rotation that always plays my playlist um so that was one that kind of i guess stuck out because it was one of his you know older stuff i never kind of got into that you know that one boston um a few other ones back in the day there swim good you know i have just kind of loop yeah for, what I loved about it, because I remember we were, what I love that Dermot does is he tells you before he performs a song, what that song means to him. So, because I'm, because I just read a lot of the things he's like in his interviews or his watches stories, right? You start to know what each song means. So when he starts explaining, I would know what song's coming up next. Or at least we were like guessing and I had, I had a blast doing that. But I remember I was guessing for Island Fires and Family. I'm like, that's it. That's it. And when he when he started performing it, I'll never forget. You were like, he called it. He called it. <laughs> Super fan over here. No, I'm just kidding. But did you uh, listen to what dropped today? I did. What dropped today? Um, it's he did a song for Fast X, and it's him. Um, I think it's Young Boy, and um, who's the other person? It's all of them. I haven't I haven't chance to listen to it, but it dropped it at noon. Which I'm just guessing that's hip hop, right? I'm assuming so. I'm assuming kind of like a hip hop, um, maybe hip hop with. I honestly don't know who all. I haven't listened to it, but it's it's for Fast X. It's um, him, uh, Young Boy, Never Broke Again, and Bailey Zimmerman. Wow, so He's... kind of like real, very different artist. Very, Dermot has a. If you listen to the. If you listen to a few songs that Swim Good's one of them, he, he he came out like a small little not album but track of songs that Mike Dean with Mike Dean. Yep. Well, Mike Dean, I think you and I talked about it. Mike Dean was the one who took Kanye big, right? So mm-hmm. has has strong ties to hip hop. Dermot has hip hop in him. I could totally see him collabing with like rappers and and R and B down the road. Is he, he's getting bigger, right? I mean, so. he's also getting into um, tech, not tech techno rate you know the you know you get some of those in there too like his songs are getting big when he does these collabs so he's so versatile i mean he, what can you he, say and you know you're right he actually said after song right when sonder was about to drop or right after it dropped 
he felt so confident with his second album that he he's like, man, I feel so good that my fan base likes what I produce that if I just made a, a 12 track album of all ballads, like slower songs, my fans would love it. Right. If I just <laughs> did some like fast pace or whatever, like he's like, I just, I can do whatever I want. And that it feels, it's a freeing feeling for him as an artist. It's awesome to see him coming up, but let's segue to something I also noticed when I met you. I, I was like, man, this guy looks like he played some college football or he wrestled in college, right? <laughs> pretty, pretty big dude. So you mentioned where, where'd you go to high school in Indiana? Yeah, it's a high school called Northwood. And so it's, it's capital N, capital W, because my hometown, there's Wakarusa, which I count like as my hometown. It's a small town. Then there's one highway that goes to Napanee, which is more of like a city. But the two communities have always been intertangled. And so the N stands for Napanee, the W stands for Wakarusa, and then there's a woods that kind of separates it. So it's north of the woods. And you guys all went to school together? Yeah. So you had three elementary schools that went to one middle school that went to one high school. Is it still like that or has they got the population gone? Still one high school? It's still, um, it's growing. I mean, it's the last couple of years. It was rated the number two and number three safest places to live in Indiana. Um and so people come to the elementary schools all the time and they're always growing. Um, but yeah, no, it's, they've just kept it the way it is. I mean, it hasn't gotten too packed, I guess. If someone was listening to this and they had no idea where that is relative to Indianapolis to Indianapolis, where how far are you from a bigger city like Indy? I am about two and a half hours from Indy. I always say it's about 30 minutes from South Bend because most right. people at least know Notre Dame. Right. Cool. And from Chicago, it's probably about 45. Did you consider, I guess you had a crazy week of work when Dermot was in town, though, that day, that, when he was in Chicago. Did you consider going to that, since you're only 45 minutes from the city? Are you talking about the busking? When he was, yeah, uh, the busking. I, I thought about it, but so technically, I'm living in Indy now. So from Indy, it's probably hour and a half, two hours. Okay. And so, um, but I still <laughs> consider, I saw that, just taking off work and driving. and. Maggie and I were thinking that, too, right? Like, how cool <laughs> would it be? to see him and then watch him perform the next night. Going back to uh, where you grew up, did you play high school freshman year? How did you get into football? Was it right away growing up? Talk us through that. So my dad is a football coach. So I've always, you know, football's been around in my life the whole time. Um, and I have two older sisters. I'm the only boy. So I, I, you can say I'm his favorite at least because the only boy, you know, dreams there. My mom told me when I was a kid, you know, you can't force him to play any sports. I'm not going to let that happen. Um, I did first sport I ever played was baseball, then basketball. Very awkward kid. I I was bigger than everyone. I grew really fast, but I, I was super awkward. I remember I started playing football fourth grade, fifth grade, fifth grade. And um, like even playing at recess, I didn't really play. So I played fifth grade, hated it. I remember crying after practices. I was a wimp. Um, I was just like, these guys are so mean. They're bigger. We get, my dad's like one more year we get to fifth grade which is still like the peewee or before sixth grade before we get to middle school and out of all those guys that were like bigger than me I was like the biggest kid and so like every game I was just like no one could stop me and and then from what that position, point on what position were you playing back then oh o-line and d-line I was I mean as a sixth grader I was probably I was probably 100 20, 130. I mean, I, my dad had me doing pushups and sit-ups in the stairwell. And so like, I remember people asked me like, are you like going to gyms when I was in sixth grade? I was like, 
no, I like carry in the groceries sometimes. Like to me, I was like, this yeah, I'm like 75 hard and then sixth grade. I'm just over here twice a day. And, it... <laughs> and so, yeah, no, I just kind of, I think from his side, um, I have like my dad, um, he's a bigger guy. My sister, she threw college shot put and hammer. And so like from that side, we're able to just like gain muscle mass really easily. Yeah. Great genetics. And so, yeah. Good frames. So then go through high school, take me just, let's just jump to like senior year. What position yeah. are you playing? How'd you end up playing college football? When did you know you were going to be able to play college? When did you know you were good enough to play college football too? That might've happened before senior year. I didn't know. So um, going into, I'll give you this kind of preference. My freshman year, um, we had, we had 21 guys in the roster, but most times we had 12 guys that were healthy enough to play. And so like, that's not a lot <laughs> when you have 11 people on the field at once. Yeah, you're playing offense, defense, special teams. <laughs> you're carrying yes. the waters out to yourselves. <laughs> it was, it was rough. And so we went like, and the guy, we had one guy who's, he plays D1 football now. So like, he went to varsity immediately. And so he played one game with us and went to varsity. Um, so we went two and eight that year. Um, and then everyone's telling us when we're seniors, we're going to suck. We're going to win three games. The only reason we're going to win is because this other guy. And so we get to my junior year, we finish it up really disappointing season. Um, the seniors just kind of quit. They were t- ready to be done. And everyone keeps coming back saying, Hey, you guys are going to suck next year. Like we've already counted on the dates, what you're going to lose. Um, me and one of my best friends, um, his name's Nick. We really said, hey, we're not going to let this happen. And there's a couple of other guys we got together too, but it was me and him really that um, we started going to the gym. We'd have morning weights, and then we'd go after school and lift again. Um, I started eating two lunches, eating like – I just was working out, eating like crazy. I went from 170, um, like 170, 175 my junior year to 192 my senior year. And, um, so I'm playing decently doing, I'm a captain playing. Um, we go through a season we're undefeated. We lose in our sectional championship. It'll haunt me forever. Um, and season's over and I'm like, okay, I'm done. Like I'm, I'm not good enough. I'm played O-line all through high school, played a little bit of D-line, played a little bit of linebacker early on, but you know, no one's going to look at my tapes and say, this guy's a college athlete at O-line or D-line. Um, take this, don't go to do weights, kind of starting to figure out my future. Um, commit to a school in Ohio called Cedarville. I'm like, I'm just going to go there and be a student. And then Anderson University, a coach called Coach Flecker, um, his name's Cody Flecker, he came to our school, sat me and two of my teammates down, went through this like presentation and just basically kind of built a fire in me. And I was like, maybe I can. Then I visit the school and I'm like, this is basically Cedarville, but I could play football. And it came down to the decision and it was a hard one. You hear the stories all the time of athletes trying to go to the next level and hating it, regretting, and they lose the passion of the sport they've had their whole life. And a big thing how I decided was um, I coached youth basketball in high school. Um, so I did upwards as a kid. And so I wanted to give back in high school. So I coached that. I remember I said, I got all my friends together on Friday night and I said, we had pizza. And I said, if you guys could play at the next level, would you? And all of them said, yes. And I was like, okay. So I, went, I told God, I was like, listen, unless you tell me, give me a signal, no, I'm going to call the coaches and commit tomorrow. We had a game that day. Pretty sure we, I'm hoping we, we won. I'm pretty sure we lost though. My team was not that good. Um, they were third graders. <laughs> they were just known for, they wanted to check threes. Um, 
I still love him to death. Uh, and like, so sounds like my NBA 2K team with my buddies that we run with online. So don't worry, it's the same shit here. <laughs> oh, I, that's a fourth quarter, man. Just start hitting the threes. Um, but yeah, so then the whole lesson that day, and they're talking about Queen Esther and how basically she had a chance to do something amazing, but if she was too scared to take that step and do it, she would have lost out on something amazing, which was saving her people. And it was kind of like the whole idea of like, I have a chance to do something amazing. And if I don't step out in that faith and take it, I'm going to lose that on that chance and something amazing could happen. And so I decided to call and I, mean, I never looked back from that moment. That's awesome. What position did you play in college? So I went in as a linebacker, was there for two weeks, and then we had a bunch of injury at D-line. I went to D-line because they said, hey, you get a better chance of playing time. Yeah. And then was there for the next three years. Were you playing defensive end? Did you play inside at all? So I started at the end. Now, I'm it, my senior year, I went – or freshman year of college, I was at 205. So start, I'm starting at the end. We go through the season, tons of injuries. Uh, about the fourth game in, they're at Braden, we need you to play D-tackle. Now I'm at 205. These guys across the ball are three, usually 315 plus. Right. And um, my dad actually, the one day they saw me out there, getting, he goes, the coach comes up to him and says, hey, don't want you to be worried. We're having him at D-tackle. I wouldn't put him there if I don't think he can hold his own. Um, so for three, four games, I played D-tackle. And then um, my sophomore year was kind of a combo. And then my third year, my I graduated a year early. So my third year was my like senior year. And I played like a speedy D tackle. Um, and then for passes and then sometimes on rundowns I play D end. Wow, that's awesome. I mean, just looking at you, right? Like if I was like doing your measurables, I think you would make a better defensive end because of your you don't I mean, I'm not wrong, you don't have the longest arms, right? <laughs> but you're gonna be the matchup against the guard. It's probably they're probably slower. You're going to be quicker. They're probably taller. You're, you should have the center of gravity, so you might you might fit. You might have found more success there. Anyways, did you have more success inside than outside? Or I mean, I'd say it's kind of even. I would be kind of versatile. Um, basically, the big thing I was known for is I knew I knew the plays and I was consistent. Um, I made you know I had a couple sacks in there, made a couple big plays, but I was never, I wasn't as much of. We had a couple guys who were like you'd make a play and it, everyone would go crazy. It'd energize. For me, it was like, you knew if I was going in there, I was going to get my job done, and which ultimately helps the team. Especially if you're taking care of your assignment, right? You're not a liability. Yeah. And I don't mean that, you know, I don't mean that in a bad way, short arms. I just compared <laughs> to a real, like, like crazy long arms for a DN. Like, they always look at that, I'm sure, so. <laughs> I never passed the eye test, trust me. <laughs> no, you definitely, like, I, I definitely thought linebacker when I met you. I was like, oh, this guy plays middle linebacker in college for sure. We love it. Okay, tell me what were some key lessons that you learned being a college, a collegiate athlete at the college level? I know you played high school, but at the college level, three years you were there, summarize, what were the biggest lessons that you learned along the way? Uh, one of the biggest things is just time management. Um, I remember my freshman year, I was freaking out because you know, you'd I'd have classes all day, I'd have practice, I'd have to do work, and I'd come home. And I remember I'd be, some days I'd be sick. Like I'd make myself so sick because I had so much on my plate. And I was like, talking with my coaches he's like you got to sit down like your Sunday night plan out your week and make sure that you can so you're not overwhelming yourself so that was the biggest thing especially once I decided I wanted to graduate a year early trying to do that while playing football while just being a college kid um, I had to make sure I had my time management skills down so that's the number one thing Um, another one I guess is just to enjoy the moments you're in it 
I think a lot of times people you're like always trying to get to the end. Uh, I was that way too, where I was like, okay, it's just about, and you know, getting my degree, getting through. And through that time, I met some really amazing people, had some really amazing experiences. And I always look back at my time there fondly. And so um, even now I'm like, I graduated. I'm like, I'm happy I'm done with schoolwork and everything, but I definitely miss some of the memories of just being stupid with my friends. Yeah. You have any more? Any other lessons? Um, I mean, and then one, I guess, was, you know, sport, you know, something like football or sports, it's nice to have, but it's not your life. I learned that after my freshman season, um, I had a professor who pulled me aside and she asked what I wanted to do. And I said, at that time, I was just like, oh, I just want to like run boys and girls clubs. That'd be fun. And um, she looked at me and she goes, like, you, Braden, you can totally do that. But knowing you and knowing how you are, I believe you can do so much more. And like, just opened my eyes to like the possibilities for my future. And so it kind of went away from like, you know, football. I was like really excited for football to like, I'm excited to like what I can learn and what I can do to make me a better person and to help me grow. And so, you know, enjoy if you're playing or if you're, you know, a college athlete, enjoy it, but don't let it overtake your whole life. Yeah. Your identity isn't what you do, right? It's actually who you are. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And I think your second point is, is really about the importance of being present in the moment. I love it, man. Talk about a few coaches that stood out. It could be at the high school or college level. I know your dad coached, so feel free to talk about that too. But <laughs> maybe, you know, each coach in, in story or something that maybe a principle that they really drilled into you. Well, of course, you know, I shout out, shout out my dad. Um, everyone always called him Papa Michael. Um, I remember when I was a little kid, I, they had playing basketball in like middle school camps. Um, they came up with a play called Papa Michael, uh, which is me just shooting a three, but they named it after my dad. Um, before, I remember as a kid, I'd come home and like they, if they lost a game, you didn't talk to him at night. Like he was just in a bad mood. So like that was like, oh, if he's in a bad mood, you just go to bed. And I don't know, like, I don't know if my dad, what happened, but like there was a point where he just realized he didn't want to be that way. That's not who he, who he wanted to be as a, you know, a father that's known, oh, if they're losing, you don't come home, you don't talk to him. Yeah. So like, as I got really older in life, it was, he became that coach. He was a freshman defensive coordinator. So he became that coach that was like, anytime you had an issue, you go talk to him because he's going to listen. He's going to care for you. Yeah. Um, he was the player, um, the, he was our hydration coach. So every, at end of every practice, he'd say, remember to hydrate. And that was his, he was certified as like the player safety. Um, but everyone just knew him like as a teacher, as a coach that he was someone that actually cared. And so that's one thing I love about having him because you know, whether it's me, my friends, whatever's going on, he was like, Hey, I'm here for you. I'm going to, we're going to figure out what's going on, but you just know, like what you say, you know, if you want to keep it between us, I'll keep it between us, but I'm going to give you what I think is best and I'm going to be there for you. And so that's one thing I always loved about him. So he was a freshman uh, high school football coach. Yeah. Nice. So he coached you your freshman year. I mean, I'm sure he coached you growing up too, but he coached you. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was a, yeah, it was special for him, especially like, senior year when I was a captain he there's a couple times he cried and I won't you know I feel admit to that yeah. um and so he was just always so happy he had a little ritual warm-up he'd come find me in the warm-ups and we do a little hug and so yeah he gave it's really you know he had a couple opportunities to possibly try to move up somewhere at different schools but 
you know, his big thing was like, I want to be here and I want to with my son and I want to be coaching him throughout high school. Right. So, so he's one. Um, I mentioned Cody Flecker. Um, the guy who recruited me yep. was my D line coach. And then he was just a coach and the program. Um, he's just one of those guys that he has a passion for the game. And so he has a passion for the players. Yeah. Um, can He's really intense sometimes. Um, so, um, but he's a great guy. I mean, throughout it there, he always had my back. He was always he pushed me because he knew I could be great and not only in like football, but just out, you know, side. And so he's one that if you ever, like if you ever get a chance to have him as your coach, um, just know your football season is going to be tough, but so fun right. because you just get this energy from him. Um, and then I guess another one would be uh, his coach Lochner. So his uh, name is Jeremy Lochner. He was my defensive coordinator. Um, just really smart football brain and knew how to make football fun. And so whether it was just drills on the field or was there was mess around on the bus, picking out stupid movies to watch or watching Creed for the third time on a drive down. Um, we watched Creed so many times. Um, <laughs> so he was just always a great coach to have around. And I could, you can go in his office and just talk to him and just uh, kind of lay out everything you had going on in your life. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what coaching is. There's so much, yes, you prep for games. Yes, you train them, blah, blah, blah. Like, yes, that goes along with it. But you have to be someone that players can decompress around. Players can trust. Players can – there's so much what you call uh, empty space time, right, where you guys travel to games. Or, like, <laughs> how do you feel that time? Because if it was a coach that was didn't have much of a personality or didn't connect well with the players, that does impact morale, right? Yep. Yeah. I had I had one strength coach for a freshman year only. His name's Coach Rarig, um, and let me tell you, uh, he pushed you so hard. But I've never been in better shape than I was when I had him as a strength coach. Um, if he would have stayed around, I probably would be bigger than you. So. <laughs> he's that. He's that. He's that guy. Oh, oh yeah. He's it was you know you're messing around the, in the weight room. Okay, let's go learn sprints. Um, he knew the importance of like doing sprint, doing different workouts, but. Once you like we're bulking, he's like, we're going to, we're here to, you know, lift weights. He had a great workout program, but I remember there'd be times where we'd be dead in the morning. He's like, okay, we're going to run until I say we stop. And we'd come back in. He's like, so you can have energy now. <laughs> we're going to run until you have energy. <laughs> yes. That's exactly what he would do. Um, I was never the guy with the six pack, um, but I was the guy that would outwork you, the guy with the six pack. So, you know what though, I, wouldn't you say like in football, especially like you were probably really athletic like and on the line and quick and everything, but for performance, your abs aren't going to do you anything. Like you need to be <laughs> like, it doesn't matter. Right. Like if you have, in fact, if you have a little bit of body, more body fat on you and you're stronger and you're able to like almost have more, uh, what you call um, armor, it's probably better. Yeah. Like for real. But, I mean, one of the biggest things about football is just um, there's a lot of discipline that goes into it, but um, in the end it's worth it. I think, you know, I don't know how I'm, your audience is probably more people around your age, but there's a big downtick in kids doing sports in general um, with the big thing of playing video games or you can do that for go to college for that, which is awesome. I love that. I was on a college video game team for a little bit just for fun. And, um, but ultimately, you know, I think people are always, a lot of people are scared because it's hard work and they don't want to do hard work. They don't be outside. Um, I gained some friends that I still have today. Some of my best friends, and there's a lot of parts of playing a sport that, you know, made me who I am. So, you know, whether it's you're going to have kids or 
I always say encourage them. You know, if they truly don't want to, great. But don't just don't just let them say, "Oh, I'm I don't, it's too much work." Right. Like if you know if they if they would enjoy it and they just they need to be pushed, give them that little push. Definitely. Go ahead. I was gonna say there's a reason it's hard because it's rewarding. Right. And if and as Eric Thomas would say, if it was easy, everyone would do it, right? <laughs> yep. I love Ryan Holiday. Have you ever heard of Ryan Holiday? Um, a little bit, yeah. I haven't, not like crazy amount, but I've seen it around. When you talked about getting overwhelmed, right, with like your week, I love what your coach said, like sit down and plan the week out, right? Because what Ryan Holiday says in the book I'm reading right now, which I'm reading it for the second time, The Obstacle is the Way. I just love it. It ties into what, what you were going through. He says, we are A to Z thinkers. We fret about A. We obsess over Z. We forget about B through Y, right? So it's like that was on your story task. today. It was on my story today. It's like when you have that big task, you're like, oh my gosh, I got to get started. I have to get started. And you're freaking out about the first thing. You're obsessing over being done, but just B through Y, like every little task in between. And I think it's much easier, right? Number one, when you plan it out, like your coach said, and then just take care of the first thing. Like forget about the whole thing. Take care of one and you'll get through there. You can't. And I love – everyone loves to chill and hang out. But you can't get that that can prepare you for life. Like you, That's why I love college athletes. I was so in, a, in like, awe of them and, like, admired them in college because I was going to school after the Army full-time. All I had was school. Compared to them, my week was, like – like, they were doing, like, an 80-hour week, and I was doing, like, a 22-hour week, right? Anyways, so thank you for being an awesome college athlete, dude. What is your all-time favorite Dermot Kennedy song? Though? I know we talked about the concert, but like when I say, I know you love Moments Past, but if, but when I say all-time favorite Dermot song, like what song just jumped into your head when I said that? Okay, so I've been thinking about this. I've been playing. I have all the music that I have like saved on my phone, just going trying to like pick out the one, and like it, it is, it's a three-way tie. Okay, it's a three-way tie. Moments Past, um, Lost. And then swim good. That one, um, that one kind of snuck in later on. But like, you can listen to that, and you're just like, you can't bop, not bop your head at swim good. And so, I love it. I love that that your taste. I I know, like, because we love Dermot, we both. Yeah. But like, I know your taste of Dermot. Like, I know you like. What I love, what I, what I will say about moments past. What I will say about it is that. Moments Past is such a unique song. Wouldn't you agree? Because of it comes just even like the instrument, not the instrumental, but the sound behind it. You know, it's almost kind of game to almost like a, almost kind of like a techno kind of, but it's not. It's it's like verging on. It's like toe toe tapping, toe toe tapping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, well, I don't know what it, it's on the fringe. I guess I don't know, but yeah, what is that noise like when you listen to it on Spotify? I love it though. It is addictive. It, it, when you hear it, it just kind of goes like you're just like yeah. And then I don't, I don't know what's about Lost, but there's just something about the lyrics in that one. Um, that song Dermot does this really well with a lot of songs. When you listen to Lost, right to left, left to right, whatever it is, it all builds towards the very last lyric. Do you do you want to repeat it? I can. I think I, I think I can do it off the dome. Uh, do you want to? I got you. If you can't, I got you. I don't. I feel like I'm a really bad fan right now, but I don't know if I have like the last lyric in head right there. I have to go through the whole song. Yeah, so you're going through the whole song, and the the whole premise of the song he keeps repeating is, um, and if only you could see yourself in my eyes, you yeah. you shine, you shine, right? 
he's building, yeah. building, building, and then it's like get into it, and he goes, um, yeah, he goes. But I am lost this time. What if the love you deserve is the love you never find? I've learned that love and death we don't decide. And if only you could see yourself in my eyes, you'd see you shine, you shine. Dude, that line, it's just like, <laughs> like Dermot does that, dude. And you're just like, it. it's like he built it all to that line. And like the way he like pushes the music to like blast off at that, at that, at that lyric. He did it in a few songs on Sonder, like Blossom. I love Blossom. And he did the same thing there. So he's insane, he's insane dude. He's a writer. Dude. He is, and you know, he. It's really interesting. I grew up on country only, um, and as I got to like middle school, my music tastes expand, and now I'm kind of found myself like country's always gonna be my first love or one of my first loves, but yeah. like I have a lot. Like I have a couple of indie artists that like have just kind of jumped over like everyone else. And Nailed so, well, okay, so one of them, he's not super. He's not indie, but NF. He's like you know, he was my one of my first ones there. Um, way back when Perception that dropped, I you know I've been to his I went to his concert in the Egyptian room in Indy, which is like a very small standing room. Um, you know I love that environment. It's kind of like when we that concert we went to, where it's just close. You can just feel the energy. It's not like in a stadium where you're like just kind of washed in the waves. There's something intimate about those those concerts that we were at, right, <laughs> dude. The most Indiana place ever. You like pull into a parking lot. I thought I was go, bro. I thought I was going to a movie. I thought I was going to a movie over here. I'm over here seeing Dermot Kennedy, bro. I was like, I, hey, but guess what? I think there's a Mexican to... Mexican place right next to it. There was... Oh, I know. When we when we jumped out of there at like 10:15, I literally got in the car. I looked at my sister because it was so easy to get out. I was like, bro, should we just drive home? Like a four hour drive, real quick. It was awesome. Keep going on your Indiana. Yeah. So so NF's always been there. Um. Uh. I'm going to butcher some names. So if anyone's no, a fan, no. um, I apologize to anyone that's fans. Um, Noah Kahan. Um, if you ever heard of him. I, uh, when I, you, do you use Spotify? I, I'm an Apple music guy. Okay. I don't know if Apple music has this yet. I'm sure they do. If Spotify does Spotify have, I have a DJ X, right? He's my, uh, I, my AI, AI DJ. Yeah. So I've been, I, Noah has come up because of similar tastes. Cause I yeah. listen to enough too. A lot of people think of like Stick Season. That's like one of his most popular. Um, I I was one of my favorite songs of him, Orange Juice. It's kind of like a Dermot song where um, the words, it's a story inside. And like the chorus just goes, it just like hits you. Um, When his album came out, I remember I did, uh, I would go running to his album because it'd be like, there's some like really good songs in there. And then there's like some slow ones. And then there's like, like some ones like Orange Juice that just like, you get to that chorus and you're just like, and it's like it's a sad song, but like it's just written so well. Question: um, Will you send yeah. me a song after this? Because I want to listen. Yes, thank you. Um, and then uh, uh, Anson Sebra, he's a. I've seen. I've heard the name. Yeah, so he's one that from way back when. Um, some a lot of his songs you can just kind of put on and listen to, and it's just like you can just kind of I don't know drift with it, but um, he has a couple albums that are just that good. You know, I would say. Without Fears, an album that I could listen to without skips. Um, Stick Season from Noah Canown, Listen Without Skips. Um, Anson Sebra has one that's like, it's only like seven songs, but all songs, really good. Give me give me quality over quantity, bro. If you have seven good songs, just give me seven. Don't give me 12 and like there's missing ca- empty calories. I don't like empty calories on an album. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
And you get that. I think you get that a lot. And so I've seen a lot. um, Nate Smith just dropped. He's a country music. um, Just dropped an album. Um, Everyone was going crazy because he has this TikTok sound called World on Fire. And he was teasing forever. Um, Honestly, that album, it's like a double album. It's it's, it's good. I don't know if I I haven't really found a skippable song. I have some that's close, but. um, Drake has always been a really good um, artist to me where until wait for him wait for him. until he came out with that last one but or maybe two ago the one that was just weird in my opinion but i always said man one thing i love about drake is that he's empty like there's no empty calories usually he's it's bangers 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 then he went through a time period man where he was always crushing it when he was featured on someone else's song in their album and then i'm like bro why are you hyping up their music where what's up with this let's uh Let's put this on your album. But the last one or two or whatever, it wasn't very good, I thought. Yeah, no, there's a couple. <laughs> I get what you're saying there. And so I love those albums because, like I said, you can just play it and you can just go. Because right. uh, you never just want to have an album where it's like ten, nine good songs and one really bad one. So that, like, you're just in a great mood and that one song comes on um, and you're like, like, I'll say for NF, Perception. Amazing album. That's the one that got him out there, you know. Um, yet... Uh, there's a couple on there that it just doesn't like they're good, but it's just like a whole switch, and right. you're just kind of like, okay, yeah, I agree. It's different when the album first comes out because it's a switch, and you're not, you're not like it hasn't grown on you yet. But then sometimes those songs do end up growing on you. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's like, hey, this is never going to grow on me, dude. Don't do this to me. Why you do oh. What's next, man? What's next? What's on your mind? What you got? You got any questions for me? What What's on Braden's mind before we keep going? Well, I'm, I need to grab a charger real quick. So that's what's oh, on my mind. Oh, yeah, we got about five minutes left. Oh, I'm at 2%. So I'm going to grab. Hi, buddy. Do you want to be on camera, Zai? He, so he seems super. Um, he cannot, like, if I move, he wakes up. Zai, come on up, bud. I know you're stretching. See if you can over here, bud. <laughs> Let's okay. see this little guy. Adam's plus two today. <laughs> Adam's pl- Adam's plus Everybody, one episode eight. Special guest, Zai. <laughs> Look at okay, that. I'm gonna pick you. I know you're t- you're tired. I know. <sighs> Look at this guy, bro. He's like, would you hang up? Because my dad and I are trying to go get our nap time, dude. Oh, he is the cute. He just sleeps all the time. Um, he's How old is cute, he, bro? He's eight months. So he's cute. Dude. I don't know why he's just looking up right now. But <laughs> he's just I know enjoying he's it. Dude. I think he's, I think he's just falling asleep now in my lap. But oh yeah, he's the cutest thing. I will walk around, and he'll take advantage of it because he wants people to pet him, and he'll just be like, "I know you think I'm cute." <laughs> All right, man. One more question. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you're. What are you gonna say? You're good. Yeah. One more question before I get to the closing question, which is the closing question. You have no idea what it is. That's why we it's called the closing question. And that's the last question. It's the last thing we talked about here. So. Okay. I figured you you'd like this question. Do you have a mentor in life? If not, if you do, if you do, who is it? If you don't, we'll just ask another question. <laughs> um. Like I that? Would say my, you know, my, 
I'd say my dad is a big one, you know, but um, I think that's just kind of like, he's a big, as a father figure. Um, one mentor that I've had for, since I was in sixth grade, his name's Adam Watchman. He was my youth pastor when I was a kid. He came in when I came in and he was the first person to make me choose my faith and decided, you know, that's a big part of my life. But, you know, through my ups and downs, um, I'm human. I made some mistakes in high school and he never left my side. He always was there. He's always willing. He'd meet up with me just to talk, just to be there. And um, even now, like, you know, he's in a different state. We still, we still text, we still call. And we've been able to just be open, vulnerable with each other. And so he's someone I've had for a long time that is always gonna be one of my, you know, mentors and friends. That's awesome. I love that, man. His name's Adam what? Adam Watchman. Watchman. Damn, that's a powerful name, dude. He, he kicks mine. <laughs> that, that Adam. Adam Hawkins is lame compared to that, dude. I like that. All right, closing question, man. Closing question. This is always my like favorite part because because <laughs> you don't know what it is and I do. It's like for the first time I have the upper hand here, right? Yeah, I guess I. I mean, you could have asked anything the whole time, so you've always had the upper hand. But that's a good, that's a good point. All You're right, too nice right. to follow the script. You sold me. You sold me. You sold me. <laughs> In twenty years from now, if we had a conversation, we meet up on my podcast on episode two thousand. <laughs> And I say, Brayden, of all the things that you wanted to do in the last 20 years, of all the things you could have done since the last time we talked, what was it that was most important that you accomplished? What would that be? You know, that's a hard one. Yeah. Yeah, A big thing, you know, I'd say by that point, I'm hoping to have my nonprofit going. And so to be able to help people there. Um, But I also, in 20 years, I hope in 20 years, I uh, (laughs) find, you know, the person I'm supposed to be with. And I hope, you know, we're able to have kids. And I, you know, I love kids. And so I have a feeling, you know, everyone says that's the best thing. And so, you know, in 20 years, if I'm married with, you know, kids, I have, I have a feeling that that's going to be the top thing. Because everyone I talk to, they always say, you know, once you have them, you know, they change your world. Right. And so I have a feeling that you're, that already, going be... through, you're already going through boot camp, bro. You're going through boot camp with Zai. You're getting ready for kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stop. You're, he, you're I, a single dad right now. I, that's how it is. And so, um, but yeah, no. And so in 20 years, I'd hope, you know, I'm 23 now, hoping by, I'm hoping before 43, um, I have that, you know, figured out in life, but you never know. You can't control it. You never know. But I hope, I hope you have both, man. I hope that you have, I hope when we spec, well, I know we'll talk in 20 years. So there's no doubt about that. So when we do talk in 20 years, <laughs> I hope that you've already had the nom for profit. It's already going. It's up and running. If there's anything I can do to help it, I would love to do to do that in any way. I'll well, hopefully, you'll ha- you'll also have the uh, woman of your dreams, and we can all go to Dermot. Hopefully, she's she better be a Dermot fan, bro, because we're all going to go to Dermot concerts. We can't be bringing no Dermot well, hater, okay? Listen, so I am. I will. You know, everyone will tell you I'm a hopeless romantic, and so um, for any future wife, anyone I ever, um, it's already been with a wedding. She can have whatever she wants. But when it comes down to it, um, I control the wedding playlist because ever since I was in seventh grade, I have ha- had a wedding playlist started and I have a first dance song already picked out. So like, she's got to learn that like there's music, my music tastes are very broad. So like, we'll listen to everything, but we're listening to the good stuff. So she'll have to learn or else. Very, very well said. I'm, I'm happy. I hope this was, I hope that was, uh, 
I hope this has been as fun for you as it has been for me on a work night um, midweek. Thank you for, thank you for being honest and, and vulnerable yeah. and, and coming on here. I, I, you're someone that I just had such a great time at that concert with you, man, that uh, <laughs> I'm happy that we've stayed in contact for like the last year. Excited to go to another Dermot concert. I know we'll, we'll figure that out down the road. Again, you can tell I'm a huge, huge football fan. It's awesome to pick <laughs> your brain on your journey. I appreciate you having me. Um, it's been a great time, and I'm, you know, like I said, I can't wait to see the podcast 2000, what do you say, 2000, 20,000 episodes later? 20,000 episodes, 2000, whatever, same thing, right? By that point, you should be mainstream, like, have your broadcast <laughs> studio. We will, uh, we will leave episode eight here, Adams Plus One, episode eight with Braden. Braden, from the bottom of our hearts here on Plus One, thank you for the <laughs> donation. Thanks for bringing the dog for the Plus Two. <laughs> And uh, good luck with everything, bro. Yeah, I appreciate it. You have a great night, okay? You too, brother.